Welcome to Culture Class Podcast, a podcast where we get to interact with different people and get to learn about other cultures. My name is Nosa Yari, and welcome to another episode. And as you guys should know by now, I've been screaming people of culture, people of culture, people of culture from the rooftops. Uh, and I might just post POC related content all through February or at least till we hold the event on the 27th. So <laughs> bear with me. Um, today on the podcast, I have my brother on the show. Um, for longtime listeners, you'll remember he cameoed in an old episode we did in Las Vegas. I want to say that was like a year or a year and a half ago. But yeah, welcome to the podcast, Afi. Hey, Nusa, thanks for having me. I feel like this is more like a brotherly discussion. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. No, let, make child, it keep, child, it, keep child, it a little please. official in case mom is listening or something. Let's let's make it. <laughs> we can we can come on for the banter later, but let's make it about POC, shall we? Right, right, for sure, for sure, no problem. Yeah, so how far are you now? How's how Chicago going? How's Chicago? Uh, how does snow for that side? Yeah. So this is um, let me just register the year. This is uh, what February what, February 10th. Yeah, February 11th. I apologize, 2021, and it has been snowing consistently. I've not seen this much snow since I started living in um, in Chicago about like about roughly five years ago. I've not seen snowfall this consistently, you know, day in day out, like you know, night after night, and the whole roads are just messed up. Everywhere is bad. It's very cold, and it's just not a you know. I went to the gym today to work out a little bit, which is not too far from my house. I just kept on sliding. <laughs> you know, and sliding. And I was trying to be, you know, I didn't want to wear my Timberland boots. I have to go to the gym and switch to sneakers. So I was like, I'm just going to wear my sneakers and, you know, go directly from my house to the gym. And that was a terrible mistake because I was just, you know, sliding. I was doing electric electric slide on <laughs> on the streets. Electric but, slide. Um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully she get better. Right, right. But dude, why are you code switching on me now? How far are you now? Uh, this is your American voice. Like, we want to talk about POC in a bit, but still. Yeah. Well, I- I'm also still trying to appeal to, besides, you know, trying appeal to my african-american audience and my you know audience that i'm like my my small little micro community that i'm trying to reach out to as well so they understand me this way if i speak this way. i'm but, not sure when i check my analytics i'm not sure how many african-americans listen to the podcast like a bunch but it's mostly like uh, you know, I think India is my largest audience, which is strange. Like since like September, October last year, India has been mm-hmm. the place where I get the most listenership. Done a couple of episodes about India with Indians, but I don't know. I don't know why, but well, you know, hey, I'll that's, take that's, it. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I, I was, I was going to say something, but I don't want to say something that might come up as offensive or racist. I'm just going to reserve that comment. <laughs> Good idea. But Good I don't idea. know why you're getting a lot of listeners. Yeah, listeners in, in India, but like that's good though. You should definitely explore that. Yeah, market I mean, I have, I have, I think I've had like four or five guests from India now. So I would say maybe when, you know, I've been on the Indian hashtags promoting those episodes. Uh, the podcast is also on Ghana. Ghana is like one of the most popular podcast listening apps in India. Most of the podcasts on there are Hindi, but I guess, you know, right my podcast and a bunch of other podcasts like English speaking podcasts on Ghana so maybe those are like the few reasons why but who knows you know anyway let's talk about POC so uh, people of culture right obviously I was there from day one you know when you were thinking about this whole concept you know four or five years ago you know uh, we had a renaissance of you know you know 
cultural awareness or a bunch of stuff. But I'll allow you to tell the story. Like, let's start with how you conceptualize the idea for people of culture. You know, how did that come about? What frame of mind uh, and what time in history was this? And why did you settle on the name people of culture? Right. So definitely, um, I don't know how far back you want to go, but I think I'll take it back to where I'll start from where it really started to like matter to me why we needed something to celebrate of our own. Uh, because I like really channel and communicate our identity and not let others tell our stories. What I realized was uh, when I came for my master's and I obviously I came to Chicago for my master's. I went to uh, Roosevelt University. It was the same university that um, Howard Washington, the first black mayor, graduated from. And um, so when I went there and, you know, just interacting with people from like, obviously, you know how it is in a master's program. You have people from different cultures. You have Indians, you have Asians, you have um, African-Americans, you have, you know, uh, whites, you know, you have different people from all walks of life and races and all that and cultural background. So, you know, I obviously made from friends, you know, from India, made some white friends. I was, you know, pretty much very social in my cohorts and everything. And, you know, just discussing with people coming to find out that they were not as and not just them, even like the like the professors, because they would always ask, so where are you from? You know, when we're doing a formal introduction of each other in class and things like that, some professors would ask you what your background was, it, you know, where you're from, and stuff like that. So I, I came to find out that a lot of people did not even know that Nigeria was a country. They never, they didn't even know that. And to me, you know, for, for a kid, for you and I, who we grew up in Nigeria for a bit, you know, growing up there and uh, realizing that, you know, we think that's everything. We think, oh, you know, Nigeria, the world is maybe revolves around Nigeria because we're used to seeing things happen in Nigeria. We, we, we think besides movies and uh, other, you know, forms of communication that we're exposed to, kind of like thought like, oh, Nigeria is this one bubble and things just revolve around the world. We are not, not really necessarily seeing things outside of Nigeria at the time. So coming here and asking people, well, oh, what do you know about the country? Some people didn't even know it was a country. Some people say, okay, I know about Nigeria, but how is it about, you know, you get the regular African stereotypes like, oh, have you ever seen a lion before? Have you ever seen a tiger or, you know, that Wait, type of Wait, when did like, you, you know, go to stereotype. school? Was this in the 50s or something? No, this is like 20, 20, I got my, I started my master's program in like, what, 20, like fall of 2014. This was 2014, 2015, not that long ago, you know, when I was getting my master's. And I was so surprised. And, you know, I always got the, you know, backhanded, I think they call it backhanded compliments where someone is saying something to you, but if you really look at it, it's like an insult where like, oh, your English is so fluent. How, how do you speak? How come you speak English so good? I'm like, do you know I have a undergrad degree from Nigeria and I'm learned and I read books and I, you know, it's just general stuff. And they were surprised that, oh, someone from Nigeria could be speaking this fluently. And like, first of all, English is our official language in Nigeria. And, you know, oh, they were, oh, they weren't aware. And they were like, oh, even if English is your official language, we they didn't expect that because their orientation of Africa is maybe seeing people from villages who had like limited education and they don't necessarily have those, go to school and get those. Groups. So they've never maybe interacted or seen people from like the city part of you know, this um, countries from developing countries like Nigeria, they've never seen people with degrees or com interacted or communicated with them. The, the only interface they've had with the continent is when they are maybe watching National Geographic and they're showing uh, uh, a park from, you know, South Africa, like, well, maybe Kenya, Maasai Park or something. And they're like, oh, pretty much this is how Africa is, you know. So not to cut a long story short, my goal was, wow, it seems like the media really did a bad, a terrible job, you know, not maybe unconsciously, but I feel like Western media has done a terrible job of showing how great Africa is, you know, not just Nigeria, but just Africa and as a whole. Because, you know, yes, we do have villages, we do have hearts, just like, and I always tell people, it's like, I mean, in the U.S. here as well, and my, the analogy I always like to tell people or, or share with people is, 
Imagine if I am a Nigerian, right? And being in Nigeria, I didn't get to watch all the dope action movies that America produced, that Hollywood produced. Imagine if I never saw any dope action movie, no cartoons, nothing. And the only thing I saw about America was country hillbillies, you know, and people, you know, from like countryside, hillbillies, people with like very informal education and maybe one or two trades here and there. And it was just countries and fields. And if that was consistently what I saw about America, I never saw the, you know, I never saw clips of Manhattan. I never saw clips of the Empire State Building. I never saw clips of like, you know, Niagara Falls, you know, just different like the Philadelphia uh, stairs, you know, the whole Rocky movie. If I never watched all that, I might also have a very myopic view about America. So it's kind of like the same thing. So unfortunately for us, not just Nigeria, but Africa in general, that's how it is. A lot of people have only seen the villages. They've only seen the starving children. They've only seen like, you know, not-for-profit organizations and humanitarian work done in Africa. They've only seen parks, lions, tigers, you know, through Nat Geo and Discovery Channel. Those are the types of uh, images and, uh, you know, visuals that they've kind of like uh, digested from, you know, watching TV about the continent. So unfortunately, they don't know anything else. They don't know that, you know, you have thriving businesses, you have banks, you have a structure, you have people who work nine to five, you have people who are entrepreneurs in Nigeria, you have people who are starting up companies and like actually even getting funding from American government and they're really building an economic you know, ecosystem. They don't know all these things. So I was like, okay, what's the best way to educate people and try and rewrite that narrative that a lot of my colleagues who I went to school with, and not just them, but even expanding it beyond that, just people across America, what's the best way to kind of like re-educate people on what Nigeria is so we can draw more investments, draw more awareness, and like kind of like start, you know, re-educating people about what Africa is and, you know, what what the true image of, of Africa is. And I felt like the best way to go about this is to, you know, obviously we started People of Culture. And as far as the name, it was a name that uh, you and I had deliberated on a little bit. I remember I recall that one night you and I had talked about, okay, what's the best name that can really sell what we are trying to communicate? And we deliberated on a few names and People of Culture was just one of those um, names that kind of like stuck. So that was kind of like the whole reason of me starting the event. And we had our first event in uh, 2018. And um, now we're having our second event in 2021. We had a two-year gap. You know, we wanted to do it in 2020, but obviously the pandemic hit and we weren't prepared. No one was prepared. So we had a pivot and said, okay, let's make it a live stream event in 2021. But we'll get more into that and I'll just give you a chance to speak to other stuff too as well. Right, right. So People of Culture was birthed out of your own experiences and what you went through uh, people not understanding, you know, other things that Africa had to offer besides what they saw in traditional media or the perception they had about Africa. But what is people of culture exactly? Because the name is a little bit, for people who don't know, is a little bit ambiguous. Like, is it an app? Is it, is it, a, is it a festival? Is it a, is it a musical album? Like, what is people of culture and what is your vision for people of culture? I know you're ha we're having the event later in the month, but just explaining the concept of people of culture as a body what is it right so people of culture is a melting pot of not just ideas but a melting pot of uh, people from diverse cultural backgrounds that's the best way to like kind of like analyze it or like explain it and what i mean by that is we want to tell african stories mind you emphasis on african stories so we want to tell stories from Guinea-Bissau. We want to tell stories from Kenya. We want to tell stories from Nigeria. We want to tell stories from um, uh, Ghana, Cameroon, you know, just different places. Because we understand, like, people need to understand that Africa is not very monolithic. We don't have, like, a monolithic culture or, 
you know, it's not just one-sided. People have to understand that it's pretty diverse. Like in Africa alone, there are some countries and then on the continent, there are some countries that speak Portuguese as a, or have Portuguese as an official language. There are some countries that have French as an official language. Some countries that have English as an official language. So imagine how diverse, even within Africa alone, how diverse that is already. Then not to talk of the local dialects like Igbo, Yoruba, Hausa in Nigeria, then Africans in South Africa. So it's very diverse and very broad. And people in groups and communities think separately. So it's very, it's very, very broad. And, you know, what can a business model or a system that works in Kenya cannot be replicated in Nigeria just because because of how in integrated culture is in each country and how that could like you know influence things. So the idea was to kind of like bring these people together to one two reasons. So with this whole with the Black Panther movement, um, you know, the whole movie movement, people are beginning to realize like a lot of African Americans are trying to say, hey, I want to connect back to my root. I want to study, I want to learn about my culture. I just did my ancestry.com test, realized that I'm 60% Cameroonian, but I've never traveled there before. Obviously, I don't know anybody there, I don't have any family there, how can I connect? And so people of culture is that forum or that platform that can answer some of these questions for, you know, people even outside the, who are not directly, I don't want to say not directly linked because they are directly linked, but who are not necessarily aware or exposed to their heritage or their ancestral, ancestral lineage, you know, they can kind of like get a sense of it and learn from it through, you know, music, fashion, entertainment, and other things we did. I thought about, I didn't want to make it a people of culture, like a seminar where you can just go and we have a workshop and we start educating you have a professor that teaches you I feel like that might be too boring what's the best way to communicate to people entertainment music movies that's the best way to teach so I felt like we needed to do something similar to that we needed to like uh, have music like people there's some people who have never listened to house music before in their life People are just now catching on to Afrobeat, which is a good thing. So we can amplify that through the people of culture, our uh, people of culture events. People have never listened to like, you know, different music styles from like um, different parts of Africa. We have a lot of Africans here in the diaspora, Ethiopians, Nigerians, who each year we want to get on our platform to perform and we want to communicate their stories on our social channels so that people can say, oh, wow, this music sounds really, really great. Where does it originate from? And they can do the research and say, oh, this is actually South African sound. I love this. And that that way you're kind of like fostering not just educating people about what you do or about what you know Africa is but you're also creating a platform for collaborations between Africans and also a platform between and other people and other people of the world like you know African Americans who are looking to partner with like we've seen the whole Drake and Whiskey collaboration obviously that happened because Afrobeat started to gain you know momentum and gain steam before no African American artist was really looking to collaborate with um, Africans in the in the past the only people who did to the best of my knowledge, was uh, Wyclef and Akon. Those were the two people that really connected early. And if you look at it, they already have deep, deep, deep roots in um, Wyclef is obviously from um, Haiti and uh, Akon is from Senegal. So they already had like deep connections already to the motherland. So it was easy for them to look at artists and those in the, in, in the African continent. So, okay, I can work with you guys because they kind of like connected more. But other African-American artists or white artists, they weren't necessarily working with African artists at the time. But now those things are changing with Bonaboy collaborating with, you know, Coldplay and uh, collaborating with like uh, Sire and, and things like that. We're having more of those. So people of culture is, is, is sort of like that platform that will facilitate 
facilitate more partnership, collaboration, and educate people about, you know, Africa and what the rich culture that Africa has to offer to the world. Right, right, right. And you kind of like answered my next question. I was going to ask you, like, why an event? But, you know, you kind of said, hey, you know, entertainment is kind of like an easier way or maybe even considered the best way to kind of like communicate some of the ideas and educate, you know, people. And maybe that's, I would assume that's why, you know, we started this off uh, as an event because it's easy people come around, you know, want to have fun, but we can also put some of the medicine uh, in, in the in the candy, if you will. But why why Africa? Like, you're from Nigeria, right? You're from Southern Nigeria. I would know this, obviously. But why not people of Southern Nigeria? Why not people of Nigeria? Why not people of West Africa? Why people of culture? Why centering on Africa? Like, what, what makes you uh, feel like you can create a platform as a Nigeria that can be inclusive to other African countries? That's my first question. And my second question is, who are the people you're trying to target? Because you mentioned different groups, right? You mentioned African-Americans who might be, you know, somewhat far removed by no fault of their own from their heritage or ancestry. You mentioned people from other parts of the world, you know, like Caucasians who might have a wrong perception about Africa. You mentioned Africans ourselves. So, you know, my two questions are, why focus on Africa and who's your audience uh, to want to bring into this community or to want to attend this event and to want to be part of uh, people of culture? Okay, uh, those are two great questions. I'll start with the first one. So the reason why it's, you know, I'm concentrating on Africa as a whole and not just where I come from or, you know, one subset of like Nigeria or just Nigeria and like, you know, just looking at Africa as a whole, as a continent is because it's bigger than us. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than all of us. And um, the reason I feel like it is important to tell the story is because I understand how diverse the, 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 con- the continent is, you know, and the different countries in there. And it's just pretty much a way to like, you know, sell Africa. If Kenya gets a win tomorrow, it's an African win. You know, if uh, Nigeria gets a win tomorrow, it's a Nigerian win. If tomorrow the next billionaire who is going to come out of Africa is from Rwanda and he surpasses Elon Musk, for example, and is the richest man in the world. Awesome. Like, you know, that's a win for Africa, not just a win for Rwanda. It's a win for Rwanda first, but in the, glo- you know, in the global sense of things, is a win for Rwanda. So that's the whole idea. And also, we understand that, um, I, I, for me, I saw it as a, as a opportunity to really, really unite the continent. You know, so if I do something for just Nigeria, then you're obviously going to be isolating and segregating you know, people, other perspectives from like Ghana, from like, you know, Ethiopia and the rest of it. Oh, this is just a Nigerian thing. And, you know, you're not really broadening your net and like really thinking like, you know, far ahead. So that was the reason for that, uh, doing that. That's the first uh, question, answering the first question. So for the second question, who is your audience? Pretty much anyone who, so people typically would think, oh, because the people of culture events just for Africans, we're not closing the door to other races. In fact, and I don't really believe in this thing of like, oh, but if you let other races in, that's how they start. They're going to steal your image. They're going to change this. They're going to, like, you know, run with this. or Like, this is how it all started. That's how they're appropriating the African-American culture. Now they will do the same thing to Africa. I've heard that types of, um, uh, you know, I've, I've heard those types of, you know, just fears and, like, uh, things before. But beyond that, I feel like it's really, really important to open the doors to people who have a genuine open interest to learn about Africa and African cultures, for example. There are a lot of, like, you know, Europeans, Caucasians who are studying African dialects, who are studying, like, Yoruba, who are studying, like, you know, Igbo, and they speak it fluently. So someone like that, for example, case in point, let's say we have a, a lady who is, uh, you know, Caucasian, and her name is Amanda, and she speaks Yoruba fluently. She's traveling 
travel to Nigeria, she travels to like maybe say, let's say 17 African countries. And each country she travels to, she spend like two or three or four months there. She's pretty African. She can tell you a thing or two. She might even know more than myself who has been, who has not traveled to as many countries, but has only lived in Nigeria. She might not be telling me, she might not be able to tell me much about Nigeria as myself because I'm a native of, you know, obviously Nigeria. I'm a citizen of Nigeria, but she she's going to know a little, she's going to have a broader knowledge about Africa as a whole than myself just because of how well-traveled she is and, you know, the people she's interacted with. So someone like that is more than likely to connect with our show and you know connect with what we are trying to promote because she's like oh yeah i get it i understand it so those are the types of people who want to open our doors to. so that's like let's say demographic one it's kind of like to put it in perspective demographic two want to connect with people who are looking who are yearning for answers to their roots and more or less i'm talking about my african-american brothers and sisters a lot of people have done the ancestry test and yeah you find out you're from cameroon yeah you find out you're from um you know guinea bissau you find out you're from cote d'ivoire wherever it is where do you go from here how do you start to now until, you know, those years and years of slavery and try and understand, get past that and try and understand and get a sense of who you are so you can help shape your future. You, it's, it's, it's one thing, I mean, you can say, yeah, I want to travel to Ghana and get started, but how many people are going to commit to that? How many people are going to purchase a ticket? And even when you get there, you know, you might just go for the entertainment side of things, like maybe go visit, you know, tourist attractions, visit like some iconic places in the country you're traveling to. But beyond that, you got to start from educating yourself about where you're from, you know, the country, uh, its language, its people and all that. And people of culture provides that platform and it's here in America. So if you're African-American and you're here in America, then obviously is a platform that you can, is a, is, you know, it's a step-by-step process. You can start baby step one, coming to watch our events, coming to watch our show. That way, if you're from South Africa or wherever, or Cote d'Ivoire, like I said earlier, then you get to see Cote d'Ivoire, you get to listen to Cote d'Ivoire, um, Ivorian music, you get to listen to like Ghanaian music, you get to listen to like Nigerian music and that's the first way to connect. I think I'm like, wow, this music resonates so well with me. Why is that? Oh, I see why, because I'm actually from here. So even though I've never been here or anything, but for some reason, I just feel like this resonates well with me and that's why you know this is like you know it's kind of like confirms my conviction that you know this is home for me and you know you start to learn about the culture little by little that way so that's for like demographic too people who have maybe done their ancestry that contest african americans who are saying i want to connect to home how do i start where do i start from so that's demographic two demographic three which is kind of like the you know the last like target audience for us that we're trying to reach we're trying to reach um young creatives people who are actually directly linked from Africa. So people who are in Nigeria, either Africans in the diaspora, first generation, um, um, Africans, Nigerians, Ghanaians, whatever it is, first generation, or directly linked. Maybe they were even in uh, Nigeria, they came here for schooling, and maybe they just kind of built a life here, that type of thing. Want to reach out to those people because obviously they already know what Africa is about and now want to provide a networking opportunity where it doesn't have to be so segregated, where Ethiopian communities stay on the north side of Chicago. (laughs) Um, Nigerian community stay on the north side of Chicago but somewhere uh, maybe South African community for example stays on the south side it's very segregated what what I've seen in most of American cities where Africans are not necessarily coming together they just create like they just live in isolation like you have an Ethiopian community living in like a particular zip code and a Nigerian community living in another particular zip code without really integrating so I'm like no that is really really wrong because if you're in a foreign land more than anything you want to unite and form a formidable force not because you want to oppress 
the government or where you're from or anything, but just because you want to also build and create that generational wealth for yourself. You know, Ethiopians are known for having some of the best attorneys and best lawyers. Nigerians are known for having some of the best pharmacists, the best doctors, the best, the best brain surgeons, even and also people in IT too as well. Nigerians are known for that. You know, these are very educated um, uh, immigrant groups, you know, in their respective rights. So why do we have to work, work isolated when we can actually work together and achieve a common goal? So those are the three factions of um, the, the demographics that we've been trying to reach and uh, connect. And it's obvious that you went to school for integrated marketing communication. The way we were breaking it down, <laughs> demographic one, demographic two, like people just smell like, look, this is who we're trying to, that's it. You know, but obviously a lot of thought was brought it, you know, was um, a lot of thought was put into this concept over the years, into this event. I think we have a team of like, what, 12, 13 people working on right. this. And we've been working on this since, what, November or something last yeah. year. So almost four months in the making. So it promises to be pretty, pretty interesting stuff later on the 27th. Having said that, let's talk about the event. So let's give the listeners of the podcast some detail. Like, uh, when's the date for the event? Like, what are we going to expect for the event? What time will it be? Like, should I come prepared with something? Like, is it going to be physical? Is it going to be virtual? Uh, let's break that down for the people. Obviously, you know, my, my background is in marketing. So this you know, obviously is music to my ears as far as like selling the event. So yeah, the event is going to be on uh, February 27th and it coincides with um, you know, the Black History Month. Um, we had, honestly, to be very honest and transparent, we didn't necessarily plan that oh, we're going to do it in February because of Black History Month. It just sort of tied in. And it was good. And the highest side, I thought about it, I was like, wow, this is perfect. It's even ties into Black History Month. So that's the ancestors were speaking. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, there's another reason to say that. But uh, to your question, <clears throat> the event is set for February 27th, and it's going to be from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. So it's a two-hour event, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, so if you're in Chicago, it's going to be 6 p.m. If you're working on Mountain Time, you're an hour behind and all that, but you can obviously check that out. Um, to get to register for the event, you can go to pocevents.com. So we have three tiers of tickets. We have the free ticket, which just means, you know, hey, you can just sign up, provide your first name, last name, sign up with your email, and come watch the show on the day of. Then we have the paid ticket sessions, which is, you know, a little bit more. We are giving out souvenirs like T-shirts and stuff to people who purchase uh, tickets for the second tier and some other exclusive gifts from one or two of our sponsors. Then we have the platinum ticket, which is like a tier three ticket where, you know, if you purchase that, um, some of our sponsors are sponsoring. We have a Van List Lemonade, which is a uh, growing lemonade company that is pretty big in Minnesota and is starting to gain a lot of momentum. And we're partnering with that company and they will be sending out uh, their lemonade samples and drinks that we send out like drinks to people who purchase a platinum ticket as a way of like kind of like obviously partnering and collaborating with us then we're also gonna uh, people who purchase the platinum tickets will also stand a chance to be to win like great items like google homes amazon alexis stuff like that and, and, and some other like incentives that come you can go check all that out once you visit pocevents.com uh, so that's for the day then for what's going to be happening on the d-day uh, we have a lot of artists we have about i think between eight to I think between um, 8 to 12 performances on the day off and uh, we have um, talents like uh, from Nigeria Guinea-Bissau we have this lady her name is Asetu and she's really really good she's a poet and man her poetry is phenomenal like she speaks with such a commanding tone she she, she has great uh, you know lyrical dexterity her words are just awesome she's really really great 
and um, I think you even introduced me to her, and that's how we kind of got her on the on on the on our list of performers. So we're anticipating her. Her performance is really going to be great. We also have like um, Ariel Tones. We have uh, Melo, who is from South Africa, a phenomenal singer from South Africa. Melo is going to be slated to perform. We have John Network, who is a hip hop artist from Nigeria, and he's been getting a lot. He's been he's been in and out of the news lately because he's, he sings a lot of conscious music, and obviously he doesn't shy away from attacking the government. So he has a really great story to tell, but he tells all that through his music. So it'd be great to listen to him perform and hopefully also speak to some social issues that's going on in Nigeria that he's just really strong and passionate about. So we have John Network on the bill as well. We have a lot of a um, ton of other artists. Ifine is with L Swift is one of them. We also have a lady called Ray Alyssa, and she is like she's done backup singing for Tony Braxton and Babyface before. So she's um definitely really, really talented and she's um, a native of Chicago and she's pretty good. So we have her um studio to perform but we have artists from everywhere denver nigeria uh chicago obviously and other parts of the u.s as well so it's besides that we're gonna have like comedy we're gonna have like keynote speakers too as well who are gonna open up the show for us and speak to you know african unity and why we need to unite and things like that how we need to rebuild africa and stuff like that so we're not gonna give out any names yet because we're still working on finalizing um our our, our deal with will but we're looking to get at least one or two keynote speakers and they're pretty big and influential names so uh, the audience should watch out for that so that's pretty much it i don't know if i missed anything no sir as far as like promoting the event but definitely would love people to come it's going to be a live stream event so it's going to be virtual so wherever you are in the world as long as you have great internet you can um, tune in and enjoy the show right right i mean i guess we pretty much covered everything we have people performing from about 10 countries guinea sudan south africa nigeria ghana uh you know a host of other countries besides the music we have poetry we have comedy also like we said you know putting the medicine in the candy we kind of like have you know guest speakers and some special surprises here and there all inclusive we want to be as afrocentric as we possibly can and let me thank you again for you know conceptualizing this idea and riding with it from 2018 um but what is in store for people of culture like in the, in the future are we just gonna continue to hold events uh, upon events upon events like you have a broader vision uh, for the organization, people of culture, and how do you seek to continue to allow people to tap into, uh, you know, African heritage or people want to learn more about Africa to do so through people of culture going forward? Great, great question. So obviously, there are definitely a lot of um, plans for the future that we want to think about ahead, but it all ties down to like, obviously, building Africa. We want educating people about the African continent and obviously writing narrative and just curbing the myopic backward thinking or perception that the Western media has portrayed about Africa. We want to try and curb that. So that's like goal, goal number one. It's not going to be an easy task. It's not going to be a tomorrow task. It's going to be, you know, obviously uh, it's going to take us a while to obviously, you know, person by person, even if it's just one individual, if we rewrite that narrative and change, you know, just like how African-Americans have done successfully well, you know, as much as we still have issues of racism in America, but over time I've noticed that I'm realizing, especially with the young people, especially you have more millennials being more sensitive and more understanding 
understanding of, even if they can't completely get the whole picture, they have more understanding and sensing towards slavery and they try to sh- try to shy away from certain things. Inclusivity, especially with companies, amongst people, peers, young people especially, is definitely increased. I'm not saying racism is completely, you know, done in America, but you can see the gradual change uh, compared to like maybe the 60s and, and stuff when, you know, Martin Luther King walked in Selma and all that. So we're making progress. So I want to like obviously have the same impact in Africa where we can change that whole narrative. People do, shouldn't just think about Africa and think starving kids and lions and tigers. It's beyond that and see the good that the continent has to offer. So that's one of the long, our long-term goals. Second long-term goal is obviously to draw investments, economic opportunities, uh, tell people about economic, educate people about economic opportunities, draw investments to the continent and, you know, stuff like that. We really want to showcase the great, you know, the human capital in, in, in Africa is just immense. Like, it's really, really, people don't understand. Like, here in America, it's all good. You have constant power. You, you know, someone can go to school, get an education and learn coding and, you know, walk in Silicon Valley. And yeah, all that is good and great. But the story is not as sweet as that young boy in that little village who was like, what if I could do this? What if I could create this? What if I could create, like, the story about the boy who, I can't remember the title of that story, on Netflix, the boy who harnessed the wind, I think it was. Like, imagine, you know, great stories like that. And, and that's just one of, yeah, tons of those type of stories. And, and I can't tell you how many times, even myself personally, I've witnessed or I've gone through where, you know, we've been in situations where we didn't have constant 24-7 power. And somehow, somewhere, we still managed to make things work. We still, you know, there are still people out there who are going like, I want to learn coding. And they have a candlelight next to their computer. The battery is almost dead. And they are reducing the brightness of their screen and coding in darkness so they can preserve the battery as they can code for another hour or two just so that they can master it. They are driven by passion they're driven by like you know the 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 will to change their family tree and to you know change the trajectory of their life and just succeed like the hunger is real and when i mean hunger i don't mean it physically i mean like you know the drive to succeed is real so we want to show people that listen you have this kind of raw talent and human capital there's no limit to what they can do and if we already you look at the little things you already started a small man will have a business and hire four or five ones managing just a small business it's, it's challenged with no government is helping him he doesn't have any government aid no bank is giving him loans yet some how he still managed to sustain his business for five years, 10 years, 15 years, pay workers, and even achieve something and feed his family. People don't understand how difficult it is compared to America where, and I'm not saying America doesn't have its own challenges, but, you know, if I want to get a loan, even in America tomorrow, it's easy. If I want to get a loan for my business, it's easy. No one is blocking me. There's constant power. There's internet. There are facilities in place to help me succeed with my business. It's just, all I just need to do is just put in my own effort, which is hard work. You know, a little sweat capital here and there, and I can succeed with the business in America. Whereas in Nigeria, you just don't need sweat capital. You're fighting with the government to let them give you the license to, you know, run your business. You're, you know, you're battling with like the the crippling power supply in that country to try and succeed. You know, about a lot of things. So what I'm trying to do is draw more investment. If we have a lot of like you know foreign investment going to Africa, even if it's just hiring skilled hand labor from the African continent, that could change a story or two, and that could inspire people towards greatness. So you know, some of the long-term goals that we have to so kind of like in what we're doing, let's create that bridge where. People from the North American, um, uh, the UK continent, like, you know, just people from all over can come together and say, wow, okay, this is a great opportunity. And we know about this through this. And so let us, you know, let's start seeing how we can explore the opportunities there. Just think about when Drake collaborated with Whiskey, how much exposure and light that provided to Afrobeat. Through that uh, Drake collaboration, there's tons of collaborations that spin off from that, you know, just that, just that one feature. 
literature that went global and people were like, wow, okay, who is this whiz kid guy? Oh, he does Afrobeats. What is Afrobeats? Why does Drake keep talking about Afrobeats in his interview? And they go do their research. Drake fans go do the research. Like, oh, wow. There's actually a lot of dope music from there, you know, so, and they want to now, you know, collaborate with them. They want to learn more about the music. You should go to YouTube videos. Nigerian artists are like, you know, one of the top in, in, in the African continent. And if you go to like their comment section, you'll be seeing with love from, you know, with love from, from Germany, with love from, you know, Sweden, with love from there. These are people who had originally not been exposed to their music, but just because of those collaborations or they didn't stumble upon them. So technology plays a huge part. I want to be part of that, you know, storytelling for the long term. Nice, nice. Well said. Uh, education, economic opportunities, execution, you can call it the three E's pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, good things, big things coming. Um, let me ask this, because, you know, as we are talking about before the episode or earlier in the episode, like my, my largest audience is in India. Like I get more downloads in India than I get in the U.S., uh, for the last few months now. And of course, I get a bunch of downloads in different African countries as well. But if someone doesn't necessarily identify, even though I know like, you know, we're not closing off any race or like you can also come participate in the event, how else can people participate? Are there opportunities for partnerships, for sponsorship, for other forms of collaboration that goes beyond attending the event? And how can, you know, people who have like an idea or something reach out to you to kind of like talk about some of those opportunities? Right, 100%. That, that's a great question. So for sure, we're definitely open to collaborating with as many people as possible. Obviously, um, you know, it takes more than one hand to, you know, build a village and, you know, it takes more than one person. United, we stand. It's kind of like the whole parable, like the, the phrase of the whole, like, you know, broomsticks. Uh, we had this as kids where, you know, one broom is easy, one broomstick is easy to break, but once you combine a bunch of broomsticks together, it's harder to break. So obviously, I, I'm always a proponent for um, collaborations and partnerships. And one of the ways to do that is they can hit me up via our official e- email, which is hello at pocevents.com. That's one way they can reach out to me to, you know, and share whatever requests or proposal that they might have in, in place. Uh, they can also call on, um, I think I have our number right here. I'm trying to think about what the business line is. But they can reach me via that email. They can also reach out to our Gmail as well, which is culturalpowerdigital at gmail dot com and reach me via their email so if you shoot an email um to us i or any member of my team will definitely be able to respond and like we can you can tell us what your proposal is how you think you know we can make our event better or if you're just looking to sponsor you want to know our you know what our sponsorship rates are or like you know how you can uh, you know add value or how we can work together we are more than definitely open to like and you know you can be big be small we don't care just let us know what your ideas are how we can work together and all of all of for that for sure oh yeah so that email again is hello at poc event.com and just to throw out some examples out there you know some people might be uh, saying oh collaboration is so ambiguous obviously you know if you have a product that's uh you know um for this market uh we went through the three different demographies earlier can reach out to us uh, and we have sponsorship if you have a media platform uh, we can never you know get enough exposure to the mission for this organization so even if you have one follower on twitter who appreciate a tweet a retweet we can send you our media 
media kit. We can send you, you know, a bunch of banners, you know, that resites for all different social media. If you have a podcast, if you have a platform, if you want to bring us on your Instagram live, whatever it is, like send the email to hello at pocevent.com. If you think what we should hold a live event on your campus or something, like once COVID subsides, like whatever it is, just just send an email. I will be be there for you. Uh, let me ask this last question. Now, what do you think it is? Like we grew up together for Christ's sake, and you know, we weren't really too keen on culture. You know, no, we grew up in Nigeria. Maybe we took it for granted because we're in the middle of it. But what do you think it is that you know, two different brothers like completely removed in a sense, but we still ended up having like a side project or an initiative that centered on culture. Me with my podcast, you with this event, people of culture, even though we go back and forth and we're both kind of like members of each other's organization like what what do you think caused that spark in both of us is it the last name that made us just suddenly awaken uh, to the importance of culture diversity and things like that right i think it's one entrepreneurial genes we read the areas we definitely do not want to just sit down and just you know wait for things to happen we are very proactive with like you know starting something something meaningful and something of value we always want to you know change the world or like looking for look for ways where we can you know live our legacy and create impacts in the world so i think that's the reason why you know we both have like separate like entities and things that we've created to like you know you with your podcast me with the events business and stuff like that that i'm working on so i feel like yeah that's that's one thing secondly i think it's just i really really begin i honestly i'm not even gonna lie while i was in nigeria you know when i grew up i, I spent you know grew up and I, I spent part of my years in nigeria and when i was back there i took a lot of things that i now cherish a lot for granted like you know especially of my culture i was like yeah, you know they were telling me oh you're from this village you're from a those stage of that is Benin. you're Benin. this is your culture you got your culture um people from your community are renowned for their craftsmanship for sculpting for you know like if you watch black panther the movie like in the beginning scene where Killmonger was looking at in the museum i was looking at a, uh, a statue head and they called it it's called the idea head and that's from my and that's from my um that's from our culture that's from Benin. and when i saw that i was like whoa and you know i was watching the movie theater i'll never forget that i was like wow we're on the big screen already like this is the idea people have been you know some people are going to research what that artifact you know is, is from where it's from and you know learn more about it i'm like wow it's like you know the world's coming a global village so i feel like when i got here and i saw how a lot of people seemed like i had a boss that i used to work for he's like a mentor to me his name is ned and he actually um he was the vp of a uh, he was the vp of my former company and he said listen i agree africa has this problem you guys have issues with leadership you guys have issues with this or that or whatever he said but guess what you at least you know where you came you know where you come from you can directly go back to your remote village and see where your great-grandmother grandmother great-grandfather's house you know hot words or whatever it is like you can definitely connect back that far you know you can ask your dad about your his dad and his dad's dad's before him and whatever you know your direct village lineage you can go to the place you they ask you tomorrow you know where you're from i'm from Nigeria. what's your lineage what's your culture what is this you can see a lot of things you know your background to the you know to the pretty much to the tea to the best of your knowledge whereas i just know i'm african-american i don't have any cultural identity my dad was a slave uh, you know my great-grandfather was a slave I, you know whatever it was like you know so i don't have any identity i yearn for that identity i, I yearn to be like even if it's can it be south wherever where am i from i don't know and even when i do find out where i'm from eventually like what's the connection you know i don't know i'm I, the, my name is it was pretty much Washington, and I've pretty much been a, a slave name that because his name is Ned Washington. 
It's like maybe what she said, like, you know, pretty much been my slave owner's name that has just been passed down, you know, from generation to generation. But you know, you know, you don't have a slave owner name. You have this, you have that. And that really touched me. I was like, wow, he's really tr- this is really true. But we take it for granted because, you know, when you grow up and you're used to certain things, it's like, it's normal. But when right. I come here and I see that people say that, I'm like, wow, I don't even know what I have. So I'm beginning to cherish that and I'm beginning to look at that as an opportunity where we should really set up this up in the people of culture and really educate people on, you know, on the culture. Nice, nice. So identity is important. And just the way you are awakened by a mentor of yours, we're trying to awaken, you know, people through things that are popular, like entertainment and things like that, and put the, the medicine in the candy kind of thing. Well, it's been fun, you know, have, we'll definitely have you back on the podcast where we can just talk shit as brothers. But I thought it was important to for me to make this interview as professional as possible so we can communicate with all seriousness what we're trying to achieve with this event. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, can you please again talk about what the event is about, the date, the time, how people can connect, email, social media, hashtag, social security numbers, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're revealing our social security number now. <laughs> I don't know, you might have a few scammers out there that are looking for podcasts like this to steal information. <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, yeah, thanks for asking that. So the event is... Uh, you can go on our website to learn more about what we do, and that is on pocevents.com. You know, pocevents.com, one word, and um, you can go and learn about what we do, why we started this. You'll see my profile um, on that website. You'll see you no know, search profile on that website. You can read about it and other members of our team and why we started what we started. Um, so the event again is February 27th. So hopefully, to those listening to this recording before February 27th, kindly register and join and come experience greatness. Um, um, it's going to be from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. So kindly tune in before that time to, you know, or during that time to see what we're about and watch all the great performances we have um, at the show. What else am I missing? Oh, social media handles. Kindly follow on Instagram. Follow at Culture Power underscore TV. I believe that's it. Yeah. So just follow at Culture underscore Culture Power underscore TV or Culture underscore Power TV. I think it is. So if you go there, you can uh, check out our Instagram, see what we're about, and. Um, follow us and you know just get to see all the great imagery that we have out there for twitter is going to be cultural power tv underscore then for facebook it's just culture-power.com something like that but on all platforms if you search on the search bar cultural power tv you should see it and you can follow and learn about you know what we do and what we're about and stuff like that so uh the brand itself we're pushing us we have a, a startup digital company that we're pushing and it's called culture power tv so people of culture is, is sort of it's an entity on its own but it's also kind of like integrated a part uh, with our Coach Power TV initiative where it's part of what we do is an event we, we're trying to host every year. So now we're even going to take it beyond just once a year because with people of culture, we host it every year. The first event, I didn't even speak to that, but the first event, we had it at the prestigious Osabo Museum in um, Chicago. If you're from a Chicago native or you've traveled to Chicago before, pretty much have heard of the Osabo Museum. It's a pretty big deal. And that's why we had our first event in 2018. And so the second event, obviously, because of the pandemic, we're making it a a live a live stream event and hopefully in the future we can have more in-person events i'm gonna have it in like different cities across the u.s and hopefully take it beyond the years to to, to africa like places like nigeria Ghana, and host events over there too as well so that's what we want to um, do and achieve as well so kindly follow us support us like i said you can register for your tickets by visiting 
ticketbuy.com get your tickets if you, you know you can even register for free if you don't want to you know pay uh, but we will obviously love support and um, another thing I even forgot to mention was this year for this event we're also partnering with the Leap of Dance Academy and so for those who that name might not ring a bell to people but if you recall there was a viral video that um, was on Instagram a couple of months back about a boy dancing in the rain he was dancing ballet in the rain it was from Nigeria some people might remember that video it was a young boy I, I can't recall how old he was but he was dancing ballet in the rain and that video went viral like celebrities US celebrities were posting about it you know all the major big platforms were talking about it um, their story the not-for-profit story got featured on Vogue Elle some of the top publications, Essence, you know, some of the top publications, um, that story appears. So we are happy to be partnering with Not For Profit. And this is another way where we create impact and give back. So we partnered with them and for every ticket we sell for this event, we'll be making a meaningful contribution. A portion of that ticket sales will be going to the Not For Profit to support children in Nigeria who are learning ballet dance. So that's another reason why you might want to be motivated to purchase the tickets and support us because obviously it's for a good Cost. So I just wanted to put that out there as well. All right, guys, you've heard it all. Come here, be entertained, be educated, and also give back at the same time. POCevent.com, February 27th, 6 p.m. Central Time, hashtag POC2021. I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. As usual, you can follow Culture Class Podcast on all social media platforms. We also have a bunch of people of culture promotions on our social media pages and our website. Let us know what you think and see you at POC 2021. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'll definitely tell mom that this interview went well and you did good. <laughs> right, right.